What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Just Hoops podcast. Um, the NBA has been insane. Uh, the last day, there was two fights, one uh, extremely playoff-level basketball game, and a lot of G League basketball. Um, but it's been fun, and it's only going to get more fun. Adonis Haslam, you give him a shout-out, please. And these next few days... Um, we have the play-in starting today when you guys are hearing this podcast, continuing tomorrow uh, all the way through Friday. Um, so we'll figure out who is going to be in the playoffs in those seven and eight seeds. And that we're going to talk about that. And along with that, we're going to look into the awards, the end of the season awards in this one day early podcast week of just hoops but jacob how are you doing i am doing good um great time to love basketball uh playoffs are here uh just one quick housekeeping thing before we really jump in we're gonna have a lot of content coming to you so make sure to check it all out uh this podcast is day early and we are planning on doing something right before the playoffs start on saturday so be ready tune in we're gonna dive into it all or as much as we possibly could uh make sure to check out youtube uh we had a video come out on monday about brooklyn and how they could try to slow down philly a little bit to get themselves in that series coming up this saturday josh will be attending game one um so it's an exciting time uh and we're gonna just try to touch on as much of it as we could but um to start Let's dive into the play-in situation before we do the awards. So, in the East, we got the 7-8 is Miami-Atlanta, the 9-10 Toronto-Chicago. And then out West, we got the Lakers and Minnesota at 7-8, and New Orleans and OKC at 9-10. Um, let's start off with the 7-8 matchups, just because those are tonight when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, the 7-30 game is the Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks. What we thinking, Josh? Um, I'm sorry to I don't I just don't think Atlanta has a problem or has a uh, chance. Uh, my like Atlanta's been solid all year. They've been they're 41 and 41, solid. Um, they just really never found their footing. Like they had a lot of promise with um Quinn Snyder coming in, but. Uh, like they showed some really good stuff, but they just couldn't figure it all out completely. Um, and I don't know. Miami's been playing solid over the past few weeks, uh, a little up and down. But I think Jimmy will just will his way to this victory, even if nobody else is playing well. I think that he'll bring he'll up the level level of play of everybody else, and he'll will his way to a victory in Miami. Uh, in a must, not a must win game, but a pretty big game. Like, I feel like you, if you're Miami, you'd rather play Boston than Milwaukee in the first round. And it's not even guaranteed if you win that first game that you're going to beat somebody like Toronto or Chicago in the second game. So, uh, it's a big game for Miami. And I think that they'll come out and win that game in a probably, probably low scoring game. I feel like, I feel like the pressure will get to. Atlanta a little bit, even though they've been in the situation past two years. So um, Miami is three and one this year over Atlanta. So we'll see. We'll see how it ends up. But I, I think Miami got that one 
It'll in a close game, but I think Miami got it. I am with you. Um, I do believe that Miami will have this game quite handily. Uh, when we look at Trey Young versus Miami, um, the last we'll go last including last playoffs we'll go one two three four five six seven eight nine last nine matchups the most he's been able to score is 25 points on 52.9 percent shooting yeah that looks good but on average he's averaging five turnovers a game shooting 38 from the field and under 30% from three against the Heat, along with a plethora of turnovers. Um, I think Miami knows how to play this team. Yes, Quinn Snyder's there, so it's going to be a little different. Uh, I think in a one-game scenario, Miami and Spo will throw the sink at uh, Trey Young and their offense, make it as hard as possible for him to get going so they don't get going. Yes, they have DeJounte Murray this year compared to last year, but... In a one-game setting, um, Miami is just a more complete team, in my opinion, and they're more connected while Atlanta's kind of had such a up and down and not there's no identity. Like That, to me, is a huge thing, especially in a one-game scenario. You need an identity, and I don't think that they have it yet. Next year, they'll be very good. I think a whole offseason, Quinn Snyder putting in a system, getting comfortable with the guys, like that means a lot. So... Going into this one-game elimination, or not elimination, but one-game scenario, uh, I just have the heat. And then when we look at total body of work on the season, uh, Atlanta, yes, has a top-10 offense at 9 with a 116.3 offensive rating, but the defense is 21st, giving up literally the same amount as their offensive rating of 116.3. But then you go to Miami, yes, the offense is not good by any stretch, um, but the defense it ended um, seventh with a 113.4. Offense was 25th at a 113.3, but also I don't think Jimmy Butler's been playing at this level that he has over the last month for most of the season, along with just finding a stride in general. When you watch them play over the last two weeks, they're four and three. Um, they had the ninth best point differential, 11th offense, 10th defense, like, they're finding something, and it'd be scary hours for Boston in the first round if they get Miami. Um, so you, you want to go keep it east or go to the other matchup? We'll go to the other 7-8 matchup, All right. uh, which is the Lakers versus the Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves won the se- season series, excuse me, 3-1. Uh, to one. Um, They played... Two of their last, two of their four, or three of their four games. What the heck? This makes no sense. They played relatively. Oh, that was last year. They only played three times. They're showing last year's game. My bad. Um, so they're it. The Timberwolves won the series two to one. Sorry. Uh, the Lakers won the last game, which wasn't too long ago. I think it was last week or week and a half ago. Um. Yeah, March 31st. So uh, the Lakers have been playing very good. LeBron's been playing at a great level since he came back from his injury, once he got his footing. And um, they're just, this this new Lakers team, is it's really fun to watch. 
Uh, they're really good on the defensive end, first team in the NBA, uh, or first team in the West defensively. Um, since the trade trade deadline, uh, it's been they've been stopping teams, which is what at the beginning of the year was what we've said we need they needed to do. They need to figure it out, and the trades that they made helped them get there. I feel like D'Angelo Russell is a really big piece to this team now uh, as a scorer, somebody else that they can get the ball, play with the bench a little bit more too. Uh, the athletic raw talent of their bench, like Rory Hachimura and them, but uh, Rudy Gobert being out for the uh, Timberwolves and all that stuff that happened, I feel like will affect them. Uh, Jaden McDaniels matters so much more that he's out than Gobert. In my and Jaden McDaniels too. I forgot about him. Uh, both of them being out is just it's it's tough for the Timberwolves, and they did it to themselves. It was both dumb stuff that they could have prevented. And um, I think that's going to really hurt them in this game, uh, especially because Jaden McDaniels could slow down LeBron. And Rudy Gobert is a really good rim protector for Anthony Davis. Now you have to guard, have Cat on him. And it's just, it's going to be tough for the Timberwolves. And with that, I think that the Lakers are going to win this game pretty, pretty, I don't want to say easily, but it's going to be a solid vic- Lakers victory. For me, if Minnesota was healthy, I'd actually pick Minnesota, but not having Jaden McDaniels, the dude's been playing so good the last couple of weeks, uh, scoring well over 12 points per game, uh, guarding his... He's one of the best perimeter defenders, versatile defenders in the game. Um, It's tough, but to go to the Lakers, after the All-Star break, they've been the 14th best offense, and defensively, they're fourth after the All-Star break. Um, A lot of good things. I've been able to watch a little bit of them lately, and I just they've been playing really good ball. Uh, In the last two weeks, they have the fourth best point differential at a plus 7.7, fourth best offense, 13th best defense in that last that two week stretch. LeBron looks like LeBron. Um, AD is having moments where he looks like the guy we know he could be. Um, there's just and the role players, the the cast that they assembled at the uh, trade deadline genuinely fits so well. Um, they're playing together. Malik Beasley looks good. I love Vando's fit, even though it kind of might clog the lane at times. I really like the fit. Rory off the bench. It's just a solid squad. And then D'Lo, I wasn't happy about the trade originally. I didn't think it'd be good. But hindsight, I even though it is like only a 20-game sample, I'm going to be – I'm going to take my words back. Uh, he did a good job. He fills in. He's a scorer. He could shoot it. He can play make for them. He can help the bench unit. He does a lot of things for them. And he's going to need to fill into that role come playoff time. Uh and I agree with you. I think the Lakers are going to win this game. So with that being said, let's go back out East and do the Toronto Chicago. Um, this to me is a lot more of an interesting matchup. Uh, you don't think so? You don't agree? I think Toronto matches up so well with them. I think I, I'm just saying like, in terms of how their seasons have been, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Because Chicago, 
I'm going to be honest. I still don't know what to expect from them. Like they somehow end it with the top five defense. They had a bottom five or bottom six offense. And then you go to Toronto, who's kind of just been middle of the pack both ways. Ended the season 12th offensively and 14th defensively. Uh, when you go last two weeks stuff, um, Toronto has been 7th defense, 10th offense. And Chicago has been pretty close to them, ninth defense and 17th offense. Uh, both winning five games in that stretch. Uh, I think Toronto wins just because I have more faith in their defense. Um, but then on that same coin, I think that if DeMar or Levine drops 30 or 40, that can change the whole thing. But then Toronto still has Siakam and Fred who could do the same thing right back to you. So it'll be interesting. I think the X factor for the game is Jakob. I think Jakobotl, if he's able to own the paint and be that interior anchor and just a calming presence offensively, I think that that'll turn out well for them. But uh, I think that Ra- I'll take the Raptors. And I think that the Raptors are going to be in the playoffs over Atlanta. If... Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh, I just think Toronto's defense and versatility is just too much especially for a team like Chicago. Um, Chicago's offense could be really good, um, but it's also betting on that. Like, that's the that's the tough part. Like, they've been kind of betting, hoping that their offense has been good all year. And it's so inconsistent that you can't really, can't really trust it. So that's where I'm – I think that the Raptors' defense, their length, their size – uh, versatility, like I said, uh, it's just all going to be all going to be something that affects the Chicago Bulls and helps the Raptors win. And also, you're in Toronto. That's a very tough place to play, especially in a one game must win scenario. So I got I got that with Toronto and then I'm in the same boat as you. I think that Atlanta is going to or I think that Toronto is going to go into Atlanta and beat them to get that eight seed and. I mean, it's kind of it's similar to Miami as far as that setup goes. Like them guarding Trey Young, they got size length at the rim. Uh they could put length and size on the ball to limit his shot his shots from three. Um yeah, it's just gonna be it's a tough matchup for Atlanta. Uh but that that'd be a really good that'd be a really good game for that eight seed. But I think that Toronto would win that one. That's what that game will be really fun. Like Trey Young and DeJounte versus Scotty, OG, Siakam. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that Toronto's depth is underrated too. They got some guys on there between Coloco, Boucher, Gary Trent, um, Precious. Like, they got dudes that could play. But Atlanta, Atlanta is that team we talked about in podcasts earlier. Like, if they had it together, they would be so good, like easily talent wise on that roster. Like they could be top five in the East, Mm -hmm. like talent wise, they have everything, but it's just like comparatively speaking, I think that there's just better teams out there, but now to flip the coin and go out West, um, the nine, 10 game is new Orleans and Oklahoma city. 
Uh, for me, this is all New Orleans. Um, Oklahoma City, yes, you got the guard play. You got a lot of fun and exciting things. Um, I just think of late, it's hard to bet against New Orleans. Uh, they've been one of the best teams to end the season. They were eighth in point differential, five and three. Uh, 14th offense, 8th defense. They just kind of found the rhythm to end the season, getting themselves a winning record and getting themselves into the play-in. Um, to talk about the Thunder a little bit, the 12th best offense in the last two weeks, 17th defense, 4-4 four and four in that stretch, and the 15th point differential. Uh, I just think that the... the there's just a level of physicality that New Orleans plays with that'll give them an edge over the Thunder. But the Thunder can create advantages if they're able to make it more of a pace game. So it'll be interesting because of the way that each team plays and how they adjust for this matchup. But uh, I got the Pels. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good game. Um, OKC's been fun all year. They... Uh, or sorry, the Pelicans won the series three to one, but a lot of the games were earlier in the year when the Pelicans were one of the best teams in basketball with Zion before all the injuries. Um, but the Thunder have been really fun to watch just to see how see the development of the young guys like Giddy and uh J Dub and J J Will, uh, both the Jalen Williams, um. I love uh, watching then, those guys. Mm-hmm. And then um, just Shea Gill just becoming a powerhouse. Like it's all NBA, baby. It's it's going to be fun to see them in this must win situation. And uh, for the first time, like we don't know how they're going to respond to it. But with that being said, the Pelicans have been playing great basketball over the past few weeks too. And I think don't I don't think the Nuggets want to see them at all in the first round just because of how well they match up with them, how much they could shut them down on the defensive end. And Brandon Ingram can go for 40 every, any night. Like it's if BI was healthy all season, he would easily be an all NBA player with how he's playing all NBA. And they would, and they would be like not worried about the play. No. Yeah. They'd like be a in. five or six seed. That's what yes. they started so hot when they were healthy. Mm-hmm. They were they were they were contenders, and then yep. everything, everybody got hurt for a long period of time. They went down. They dropped to like the 13 seed, and I don't know. But yeah, I think I think the Pelicans got this one, and then going into the Minnesota game, I think it's the same thing. If Minnesota wasn't dumb in their last game, and lose their marbles, um that they wouldn't be in that situation. They would probably be either the seven or eight seed. But again, you're going into that game against the hot Pelicans team in a must-win situation. And I feel like the Pelicans have the guys to stop uh, Kat and Anthony Edwards and make everybody else beat them, which you don't really know if that could happen. So, uh, And we just saw them play each other. We did, and that was a really fun basketball game. It was a really good game. Um, but most the whole game was with Rudy Gobert and Gobert's gonna Gobert will be good game. to go in that one. It's only one? one game. It's a oh. one game suspension. Interesting, but still, I think the Pelicans got them. I that was agree. a fun game. 
that was very good basketball. It was like that second half from Ant and Cat was so good. Uh, mm-hmm. The B.I. just master class. Uh, but in that one game scenario, I think that I just trust the Pels guys more. And I think that the point that Minnesota just so recently had that meltdown, uh, it's going to be tough for them to bounce back. And on top of that, like, Mike Conley is a vet presence kind of for them, but I think that he entered a situation that not many guys were happy. So uh, it's tough for him to be a leader in that room, and he's new to the room. So I think long-term, a move like that's going to pay off a lot, but right now uh, it's tough. They need they need somebody to be a voice in that room, and he would be the perfect guy, but it's just like it's tough right now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I got New Orleans winning that eight seed. Uh, yeah. Any like anything that like detail wise, little things you're looking forward to in the plan? Uh, just to see Miami with Trey Young. It's always fun to see what they do with star players on the other team. Uh, same with LA. I want to see how they play Cat and Ant in that game. Um, because we haven't did we see that matchup? Sorry. I I doubt that everyone was healthy. I'll look into it, but um, just to see how um everybody was healthy for LA and every yeah everybody was healthy. Cat played. So, yeah. Oh I yeah, think. they did just play. Yeah, 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 you did say that they just played. Um. So just to see that matchup, um, and then see how OKC, like I said, how they handle a playoff situation, situational game with being so young in New Orleans. In New Orleans too, that's going to be a really tough environment. Just looking back to last year, how New Orleans was in play and play in and playoffs. Um, so those, those, it's all, it's like it's really good matchups all around. It's going to be really good basketball, high energy basketball. The games are being played in great places, so it's going to be a really fun week. Which one of these eight teams has the best chance of winning a first-round series? I mean, you can't go wrong with Miami, but at the same time, they're playing Boston, so yes. it's going to be tough. Uh, I think the Lakers, the Lakers or the Pelicans, Um the Pelicans are – you can't sleep on the Pelicans. We saw that last year with them playing against the Suns. Uh, they gave them a really, really good, t- tough series. Um, and then the Lakers have – we've like you said, we've seen 20, not even 20 games of this new team. Like, they were injured. LeBron was injured most of the time that they already – after they made the trade. Uh, so we don't really know exactly what we're getting from this Lakers team, but it's been really good so far. Since the trade deadline, they've had the best record in the West. So, I'm gonna honestly say that the Lakers probably have the best opportunity to make the second round. Um, just because of the matchup. Mm-hmm. Like Memphis is not a fully healthy, fully charged group. Uh, they're currently 18th over the last two weeks in terms of point differential. Uh, I just think that. They have the stuff that would make 
it hard for Memphis because Memphis doesn't have the the rangy like even like how are they gonna go at Anthony Davis and Vando on the floor because you're only gonna have one big uh just the injuries definitely hurt them um Xavier Tillman is gonna be huge for them if they win that series uh I just think that it's gonna be a very fun one but I do think that that matchup leans Lakers way uh yeah I will not say a prediction for that just because it's not set in stone. And also like, I kind of would want to dive into some film before I pull something out, but like on paper and what I've seen from the Lakers of late, that's not a, you're not happy if you're Memphis. Uh, That's not going to be a fun one. You're going to have to really grind that out, Uh, but it is playoff basketball. So what do you expect? Um, I would agree though that I think the West, both teams out West have a much better shot than out East to, uh, yeah. Cause you're playing the two best teams in the NBA from the East. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But, uh, you got any last points or you want to pivot to award ceremony? Nah, we'll go over to the awards. Um, you can start it. All right. So the first award of the evening, I think we're going to go coach of the year first. Um, I don't think it's that much of a uh, discussion. I think that there's a lot of guys that could get like a nod, but I it's Mike Brown. It has to be Mike Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, I was thinking, Um, I mean, Missoula gets a good like talk about it just because of the situation that he was put in. But the thing, the stuff that Mike Brown did, um they have home court in the playoffs the sacramento kings after missing home court in the 16 years yeah like mike brown came in and did something special uh for me like the shout outs though would be missoula um yvonne bickerstaff uh I'd say you got to give Bud some credit and then Tibbs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dagnall like... Dagnall too. Dagnall. You got to give him some love. Yeah. OKC's just been, they had a great year too, but. um, When you look at what we were saying at the beginning of the year though, like as far as Mike Brown, we were like, okay, they already have a solid offense. It's like solid structure. So you just got to come in and change up their defense. And um, he may, they all locked see, in, they all committed to what he's, but their defense was one of the worst in the league. And, I think uh, number wise, I think the numbers do not give them the credit that they deserve. I think in the half court, they're solid. Like they look solid. Yeah, no, like that's the, like the eye test. Yeah. They're solid, but numbers don't as, add up to that. No. Yeah, but then at the same time, they were one of the best offenses all time, most like all the the whole year. Um, Post All Star, a one twenty one point six offensive rating. Uh, if we go all season, they had a one eighteen point six offensive rating, a full point one point three ahead of second place. That, Just that's insane. Worse. Number one in the NBA all year at 118.6, full point ahead of the 
Celtics at second. Um, it's just their defensive rating was 24th, which we did say middle of the pack would help them, but <laughs> uh, it's like you can't you can't take a like I'm just saying like it's completely different than what we thought it was going to be. We thought he'd bring defensive versatility to that team. Um, and he really just bought into what they were already and didn't change what change the wheel, tried to reinvent the wheel. And uh, he amplified everybody's strength. Mm-hmm. Like, and just the and he phenomenal. fully bought into their, their culture. Uh, and like the energy that he, the like the videos that we saw from their practices and stuff, the energy that he brought, it's just and then you get the end result of him taking them to the third seed in his first year there. Yeah. So, so we both agree Mike Brown, coach, just yeah. Hoops Coach of the Year. Um, just Hoops Coach of the Year. So you want to go most improved or defense? Defense, I had a, I have a little bit of a hot take. So we'll go there. What's your take? Okay. You you do it. You do it. You go first. All right. My top three are no order, Brooke Lopez, Bam Adebayo, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm giving it to Brooke Lopez. Uh, best defense or second or top, basically tied for number two defense. Uh, he's been the anchor of it all year. Without him, uh, they aren't where they're at they're the best team in basketball and he's the heart of what they do um every night just out there grinding away to make sure that he could do everything possible uh he's in the 96 percentile for block percentage he doesn't foul he rebounds at the highest level in terms of his on off numbers um he's a plus 8.9 on the floor defensively minus 9.3 for opponents they're shooting minus three and a half percent with him on the floor they're rebounding minus 4.6 percent than when he's off the floor and they get less free throws when he is on the floor um just awesome love the way he does everything for them he's just such a good anchor to the defense without him the bucks would not be where they're at uh, Bam and Jaron Jackson Jr. are just special talents, and they were great all year. Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr., if he was healthy all year and had this type of just season in more of like a 70-game type of deal than he had, uh, I think Jaron Jackson would easily have it, just his playmaking, his versatility. He guards anyone any given night. Uh, Bam, I think, is right there, though. Um, just the way he's... He is the most impactful without the numbers, in my opinion. Like, in terms of guarding anyone, pressuring the ball, being able to actually slide, stay in front, like being a very solid defender that could do it all across the board. Uh, but I'm giving it to Brooke Lopez this year. Okay. So my guy is not on your list. Okay. So I have – it's not going to happen. 100% not going to happen. This is just my opinion. I think that Jared Vanderbilt should be the defensive player of the year. Elaborate. I like the the take, but I think he stays in one spot. Is okay. You could say, okay, it was only for 20 games because his like impact on the floor in Utah wasn't 
as good as it was in LA, but it, it was, it was, it was good, but it wasn't as amplified as it was in LA. I LA is the primary on ball defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when I watched them, I thought of like what Mikel Bridges was for the Suns. Um, except it's like Mikel Bridges plus Josh Kogi. Like he does all the hustle plays. He, he'll like tap backs, defensive rebounds, like, diving for loose balls like his his activity on the defensive end is just you can't can't deny it like i remember the first game i watched them playing on la and he was just diving for loose balls he caused like three it was the dallas game when they came back from like 20 something down mm-hmm. um just diving for loose balls creating turnovers um getting out getting la out in fast breaks it was like the defensive impact that he has brought and then since he's been there they've been the best defense in the west so it's just they like you can't deny the impact that he brings to the defensive end, and I respect I, I like, that so much. I respect that take very much. So it's just not happening. It's not happening. That's why I said it's not happening. But, but I respect that a lot. Thank you, thank you, sir. What? Who do you actually think is going to win it, though? Um, probably Jaron Jackson Jr. But I don't like. To it me, either. he didn't play enough. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. But it's it's gonna happen. I think I think Embiid and Giannis have better arguments. I would like to see Brooke. I think Brooke would be cool to see. That's what I'm saying. I think all year he was probably the most uh, straight up like consistent anchor. So that's why to me yeah. he's he's got to be it. Um, he's another guy that like his defensive impacts just. Low key shout out though, Walker Kessler. Yeah, no, no, I was gonna bring him up too. I forgot, I completely forgot about him. But yeah, no, he's he's gonna be special, there. man. He's gonna be special. Yeah, um, hundred percent. But I'm going with Brooke. You're going with Vando. So, yep. <laughs> uh, now you want to go rookie, most improved six man? What we thinking? Rookie's easy. Rookie's Paolo, right? Paolo. I don't even think we need to talk about it. The kid's special. We've talked about Paolo so much on this podcast. He's done. He's he's had LeBron type of numbers this season. Uh, I just don't know what else you want uh, to see from somebody. He's gonna be so special. Um, really, it's not really any competition. Like there's like Ben Matherin was really special this year, but then he slowed down. I think Jay Jay will is uh Jay yeah Jay but Jay will started slow. That's what Paolo is just there. He's been consistent all year, but Jay Will's impact also. He's gonna he's it's gonna be huge for. for I think games. top three, like if we or yeah, if you would like vote a top three, mine would be Paolo, Jay Will, Walker. Yeah, that would be my top three. I think that you could probably argue like Ben Matherin, Matherin, Ivy, like those type of guys for the. Mm-hmm third spot but then that that those five are first team all rookie in my opinion yeah yeah those like it's guys. those five um so yeah uh most improved six man what we feel we'll like? go most improved most improved i think it's laurie markinen hmm. uh dude yeah. went from Literally a almost like uh, like off the bench role player type of guy. Like he found a footing in Cleveland, and then 
he goes to Utah and the man's an all NBA player. Um, he impacted the game in so many ways. I just, there's not many guys that could score at three levels like him. And then also like his size, the way he moves, um, on the season, 25 points per game, 8.6 rebounds, 1.9 assists, shot 50 from the field, 39 from three, 87 and a half from the line. He was literally, he almost put Utah in the playoffs in a year that they were tanking. Um, he was able to score inside and out defensively. He can guard basically two, th- two or three through five. Um, he moves very well. He was one of the best, best catch and shoot, uh, players in basketball. Uh, I just think that he came to Utah and then he became a genuine star in this league. And I don't think many guys have made a leap like he did this year. So I'd vote for him hundred percent for most improved. Uh, yeah, no, now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I would go Lowry, but Where was your mind I, was thinking, I was thinking Shay. Um, he was already like an all-star board. He was an all-star, but now he's like all top NBA. three MVP. Like, yeah. His it's the jump. His jump was very impressive too. But yeah, Lowry, Lowry had a similar jump. Um, just from being, you know, he was a role player in Cleveland, and now I'm surprised you didn't go with Brunson or even like think about that. No, just because we knew we knew Brunson could do that. Like yeah, it's but like, he, it's just a new situation. Like hey, Lowry's he's now number one option too, though. You're right. You are correct with that, but it's more. It, it was. It's more um, impressive for Lowry because it was a team that w- didn't want to win. Like not want to win, but wasn't built to win. And he uh, became and a then, star. Yeah, that's it's. It was very impressive what Lowry did between this year and last year. And can't really. There's not really a much much else anybody else did to take it from him. So I think I think it's gonna be Lowry. Um, shout out to Josh Akogi though. Akogi man, actually, I wish I could vote for him for the next award, six man. He can't because um, he's a starter now. Yeah, I think he would have won, in yeah. my opinion. Really? Yeah, no. I I also I'm biased toward that guy. He's so good. Um, I love Josh Akogi. I think that this is like the toughest one. Who do you got? Emmanuel quickly. Okay. Elaborate. The, the stuff that he's been doing this year. Um, give me a second while I'm bringing up his. He's uh, He put up 14 points, 14.7 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 3.4 assists, shooting 44.9% and 37.2% from three. Um, he just like, there's not much of a drop off when Brunson comes off the floor just because of his his ability to put the ball in the hoop. Um, he's been doing it at a high level. When Brunson was out those few games, he put up, what, 240 balls? Uh, like, his, he's just been playing. He's had a great year this year. He's solidifying himself in this league. And uh, it's some it's a little sporadic at times. He plays, he plays some campaign basketball. But... Um, He's had a great impact on the floor, and as especially when we're bringing up Brunson for another for most improved, and we talk about all Brunson does, and then you don't feel that much of a. I mean, you feel a drop off, but you don't feel that much of a drop off when he when, 
IQ comes in. Like it's, I feel like it's him. It's a tough award this year, though. Yes, very tough. Um, for me, I just like there's four guys. So Emmanuel quickly. Then we got Malcolm Brogdon. I think his impact for Boston was huge, mm-hmm. and it was evident. Like without him this year, I don't think that they're the second best team in basketball. Um, then I would say Malik Monk. I think he was incredible for the Sacramento Kings. Just the way he was able to be that Jordan Clarkson role off the bench. Like that's kind of what voters tend to lean towards. Like Emmanuel click quickly did a lot of that same stuff, like high scoring, high octane offense, going to be a flamethrower off the bench. But if I had a vote, I would vote for Bobby Portis, uh, the people's champ. Um, he averaged 14 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, had over 20 double doubles, I believe. Um, then he had one and a half assists, shot 49 from the field, 37 from three. Um, I just think that his impact is so necessary for the Bucks. He does a lot of different things. He can play off of Giannis. He can be an offensive threat by himself. Um, just the he does so much, and he's the mayor of Milwaukee. Like, I don't know what else you could say. He is the man. Uh, I love his game. I'm also this is this might be a little biased just because I got like I really try to tune into the Bucks and watching him play. I think without him, the Bucks aren't in this position. Um, so I would vote Bobby. Um, I he's a high impact guy. Uh, all these guys are high impact, but I think Bobby being on the best team helps his odds in terms of winning an award like this and also just getting recognition for doing all the little things and doing all the work and being the guy that's going to hustle around and do all rebounding, blocking shots, diving on the floor, saving loose balls. Like He does all those things that just help him like help the team win. Uh, he's a winner, and I think he deserves this award. Um, I like the man. I I think Emmanuel quickly is kind of like, he's good. He's very. I, I seeing him in person, man. That guy's gonna be a starter soon. Knicks need to pay him. Mm-hmm. He's good. Knicks need to pay him. He's good. I saw. I got to see when. Uh, good. And he could start at the. He he could be a small two. That's tough defensively. You need to start at the point. It's tough defensively, but like he could do it offensively. Like he's really good off ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Unless if you have like, I think Orlando would work just because there's so much size. I'm trying to think of like Mm -hmm. the Lakers would work. You got so much size. But I mean, if the Knicks get OG and Anobi, I think it works. Then it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If that that ends up happening. So he. He might be one of the shiftiest guys with the ball in his hands I've ever seen in person. Mm-hmm. The way he moves on TV does not even like come close to him moving in person. Like he just like boom and he's like by everyone. Uh, the jump shot is so smooth. I think that the Knicks have themselves a really good young core though. Like in general, between him, Toppin, Grimes, um. Brunson is technically a pretty young guy. I'm just blinking. Why am I blinking? I'm missing someone. RJ Barrett's young too. RJ. Sims. Jericho Sims. I think he's underrated. Uh, They got a good little Robinson's squad. Robinson's not old. 
Huh? Mitchell Robinson's not old. Yeah. They're younger than they feel. Um but uh Josh is over here getting phone calls, the politician. Uh but that's six man. Uh Josh had IQ, I'd Bobby. And what do we just have MVP left? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's the last one. Yeah. So Jokic or Embiid, who you got? Or are you gonna have a hot Embiid. take? Embiid. Come on. What he's done over the last month is I don't I'm trying to find the stats. Um they probably would be on NBA. Um the stuff that he's done since the start of March, like him and Devin Booker were two of the best offensive powers in basketball throughout the month of March. And um I just feel like that kind of catapulted him into the the um the leading role in uh MVP voting. Like you can't you can't take away what Jokic has done, but what really he's done can't. this last month. What? You can't take it away? Can't take away what he's done. Not a big a big MB or Jokic guy. I know you're not. So I'm happy you just gave him some credit. Um yeah. I'm still voting Jokic. I <laughs> I think whole body of work. Uh top seed in the West. 24 and a half, 11.8 rebounds, 9.8 assists, 63% from the field, 38% from three, uh, 82 from the line, most win shares, first in Raptor. Uh, the dude is an analytical beast. Uh, the things he does on the floor, yes, Yoke, uh, Embiid is the modern day Shaq, like in terms of being unstoppable. Uh, being a genuine force of nature, but I think Jokic is like a mad scientist chess player. They're both great at doing their own thing in their own way. And I think that Jokic just whole body of work wise has won this season in terms of MVP. Yes. I'm not taking anything away from what Joel Embiid has done Um, this last month, month and a half, basically the most unstoppable guy in basketball, uh, I literally ha- had to give myself the challenge of figuring out how to slow him down for this last video. And it's kind of just, you got to pray. Uh, <laughs> like the people said two, three guys at him load the box and he still scores 30. Uh, he's such a special talent, Joel Embiid, but Jokic's entire season, Mr. Triple double, uh, literally one of the biggest plus minuses in basketball, uh, I just don't know what else he can do. He impacts the game in his own ways, and his way is not maybe the most flashy or most dominant, but how he does it, it wins basketball games, and he uh, he's special. So both guys, well, like, I wish they could be both NBA first team. Like, that's more than – like, they deserve more than that, but, like, I think I would give it to Jokic still. It's got to be Embiid. Come on now. I think it's I think it's going to be Embiid, but I would vote for Jokic. I would vote for Embiid. That's okay. I know you would. (laughs) Not just because I I don't like Jokic. (laughs) I just think Embiid's had a better year. 
He's more like I don't know. I don't know if you could really say that. You can't say better year because they play different. No, you could say better year. Statistically speaking, yeah. But a triple double. Bro, average thirty three points, ten boards, five assist four assists. I'm I'm looking at my bro's triple double over here. Mm. I don't know. Worst case, Embiid only got the scoring title and second team All-NBA. I could honestly see the voters screwing around and like giving one the MVP and then the other guy first team. How? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but I could see them doing it. No. I wouldn't sleep on it. So did we only agree on one award or two? Coach, most improved. Yeah. And rookie. And rookie, rookie. Rookie was a given. That guy, Paolo's winner. Uh, but yeah. I think that that's it. We All we got. Um, You got anything else? Anything, anything spicy to talk about? Bring up? No, you got nothing spicy? Sorry, my thing lagged. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, you got anything spicy to bring up? Talk to the people. Um... I'll save a lot of my takes for the next podcast when we talk about the NBA uh, playoffs. Um, so no, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna end this one light, you know. Just take a seat back. Well, you guys to get ready for late week podcast. This this Saturday, be ready. Uh, podcast is dropping, featuring us breaking down every playoff matchup. Uh, there's four matchups solidified right now, but we want to do the entire picture for you. Uh, so we're going to have a nice little early morning Saturday or late night Friday and uh, get it out there for you. But until then, make sure to check us out on YouTube. Like I said earlier, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, um, we're everywhere. We try to get as much content out to you uh, as possible. Make sure to tune into the play-in. A lot of good matchups that we dived into in this episode. But until next time, Peace.